right, good evening everybody. Thank you for joining us here at Lighthouse Discipleship Center. As we're going to be continuing our Bible study tonight on the new you and the Holy Spirit. And we'll be in chapter 6 tonight, uh, which is talking about uh, the local church, uh, joining the local church, and the importance of uh, being a part of a local church. And then we'll tie some things in with COVID with that too, because there's still ways that you can be a part of your local church. And Anyway, we'll hear what Andrew has to say, and then we'll, we'll also uh, uh, put our two ten cents in with that as well. So, once we're all dialed in here, Sherry will be our narrator. She'll read for us, and then I will talk about it. So, I'm uh, just making sure everything's working. Uh, we're looking okay. Um, anyway, so thank you for joining us tonight. Uh, we do have a website to say no, Lighthouse Discipleship, uh, org. excuse me. And uh, uh, anyway, on there you can find all the archives from our previous Bible studies. As well as we have a YouTube channel, uh, Lighthouse Discipleship Center, you can find them there as well. Uh, if you want to just watch, uh, hear audio, uh, it's a visual. <coughs> we are also on Spotify as Lighthouse Discipleship. So anyway, it looks like we are a go. And uh, so uh, again, thank you for joining us. We're going to be in Chapter 6. Tonight on talking about joining a local church. So, whenever you're ready. Every step I've mentioned so far, being water baptized, receiving the baptism in the Holy Spirit, building a sure foundation in the Word of God, can be made much easier if you get involved in a good local church. The Lord created the church, which is simply a group of His people who meet together regularly for the purpose of loving each other, praying for each other, and building each other up. It doesn't always function that way, but it's still the greatest institution on earth. Many people love the Lord, but don't like his people. That's because some Christians don't reflect God like they should. They hurt others with their mean-spiritedness and hypocrisy. Jesus faced the same thing. Unbelievers welcomed him, while religious folks persecuted him. Because of this, you may want to commit your life to Christ and enjoy a relationship with Him, but have nothing to do with the church. I can relate to what you're feeling, but that's a wrong attitude to keep. It's like fixing a leaky boat. Better to be inside making repairs than outside in the ocean where you could drown. Okay, sorry. I was uh, rereading something that she just read. So again, we're talking about the new you and the Holy Spirit. We're almost done with the, the first section of this book with the new you. Uh, and tonight we're talking about joining a local church. We've talked many things so far. First of all, how to receive Christ. We've talked about, briefly about the Holy Spirit. We'll be talking about that more, more in detail. Uh, the whole second half of the book is reserved for that. And then uh, uh, we talked about last week about uh, sure foundation in the Word of God. You know... Do we do all these things? Do we go to church <coughs> to do we go to church? Do we read our Bible to become a Christian? No. Uh, going to church doesn't make you a Christian. Uh, any more than going to McDonald's makes you a hamburger. <laughs> you know, it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work through osmosis. Uh, but if if being a Christian, now that we are born again, we want to grow. Every good thing, every living thing grows. If it's not growing, in one sense, it's not healthy. Uh, I mean, your grass grows, your your aunt, dogs and cats grow, your children grow, you grew. 
Everything that's healthy grows. Uh, I understand some things grow faster than others, but you know, uh, but and, and there's growing healthy too. Uh, you know, uh, and so you know, you can tell when the grass is neglected. You can tell in a sense if if children and, and animals are neglected. Uh, you know, you we, you can tell if your own body is being neglected from proper nourishment, whatever. And spiritually speaking, we need to grow. We need to have a grow healthy lives. So. If you, if you don't spend any time in God's Word, if you don't <coughs> get, spend any time with the local church, you're not gonna, you are not going to grow the way you should. <laughs> um, and, and, and I can't, you know, I can't understand anyone who has understood God's grace, anyone who has understood God's salvation, why they wouldn't want to go to church. I, don't, I mean, I know I'm a pastor, and I'm not just advocating our church, but... Going to church is one of the favorite things I, I've ever done. And it's where the body of Christ can be edified. It's where the body of Christ, we can love one another, encourage one another. Now, it doesn't always happen that way because we're dealing with people. And people are not perfect. People are not always walking with God like we should. Not everyone has the same revelation you have or we have or whatnot. Uh, people, you know, where you have sheep, sheep you're going to have manure. Uh, you know, I'm not trying to be gross or crude. But it just it comes with the barn. It comes with the territory, you know. Uh, I mean, if you get a dog, someone's gonna have to clean up after it. Uh, you get a baby, for the first couple of years or so, you're gonna have to clean up after it, you know. Uh, and so it just comes with the territory. And so uh, you know, when you go, you're not gonna find any perfect church. I know I'm getting a little ahead of ourselves, I'm sure, but you're not gonna find any perfect church. Anyways, you're gonna any more than you're going to find any perfect person or any perfect family. We love our families, but every family has that I know has some issues one way or another. Some may be more than others, some less than others. <coughs> but, and, but at the same point in time, I'm getting up and I'm just trying to paint a picture is that we do, when we do it with people, that's why we got the fruit of the Spirit for patience and long-suffering and, and kindness and goodness. You know, um, we need Christ to be the head, you know, and, and, and whatnot. But it's God designed the church. God designed it to to be edifying, to be to build us up. And I get it. There can be problems. There can be problems at home. There can be problems at your job. There can be problems wherever there's people at. There can be problems. You know, I've heard so many pastors through the years say, you know, ministry would be so awesome if it wasn't for the people. <laughs> and yet, the whole reason we're in ministry is for the people. And without the people, there is no ministry, you know. Uh, and so, uh, you know, I like how Lawson Purdue says it. If you come to, he'll say, if you come to my church, and if you're looking for problems, you're going to find it. If that's what you're looking for, you'll find a problem. If you look hard enough, you're going to find problems. But if you come looking what's right with this church, you're going to find that too. And someone, if not everyone, at one point or another is going to offend you. <laughs> Maybe not purposely. There's a difference between it if it's malicious or spite. But even Lawson says, if you know Lawson Purdue, if you take any of our classes, you'll, you'll, you'll know that Lawson's an awesome. He's our pastor. We, we really have high regard for him. But at the same point in time, he, he speaks his mind. And uh, in one sense, you don't want him on your bad, bad side. I mean, he, he, he'll just he'll, he'll tell you the truth. And uh, he'll be very blunt about it. And some of the other pastors that we like to be, that way too, um, 
But at the same point in time, you know, uh, lots of do says, if you come to our church, I'm sure at one point or another, I'm going to offend you. Uh, uh, I'm not trying to. I don't want to. But uh, the chances are high. You know, the ones that we're closest to, the ones that we bond the most with, chances of them offending us are going to be pretty high. I mean, we don't want to offend each other, but we have. And we've both done it. And so, uh, you know, and, we, and that's where we learn in a relationship how to live and forgive. You know, even as a child, uh, uh, sometimes we didn't get along with all of our schoolmates. But we, one of the things that we learned in school, besides reading and writing and, and, and academics, was how to get along with people, social skills, how to learn to forgive, and how to, how to deal with uh, different things, even how to deal with what we call sandpaper people. Uh, we all have those people. We just have, we just they just rub us wrong, <laughs> you know. We just uh, we all have those people, different personalities, different tastes, different things, and we all have those people. They just rub us wrong. Sometimes they're in our same household. Sometimes they're in our same same family. Sometimes they're in our same church. But God died for them too, and they're still important. And uh, we have to learn how to get along. But we're never going to learn how to get along if we don't know how God loves us. Because we love because he first loved us. And at the same point in time, I, you know, we can focus on all the problems in different churches. But we need to focus on why God gave us the church. Why God gave us. And by, you know, I think it's John who says none of us is an island to ourselves. Not, the worst thing you can do, one of, one of the worst things you can do spiritually is be isolated. There's a time we all a lot of people enjoy time alone and, and having that deprive. And, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with having points of time where you just need your space. But if you're living all your life, most of your days in your own space, then I say that's yeah, kind of selfish. Um, and I get it. I'm not talking about if you're working and there's different scenarios and different things going on. But we need one another. And not only do we need one another, but other people need you. You know, when I talk about people finding the church and whatever, you know, are going to a church, and I, I'll hear this a lot, and I understand people are busy, life happens, things happen at home and whatnot, and sometimes people are not feeling good, and I get I understand all that to a certain degree too. Um, but I'll hear a lot, you know, I just, you know, the, the, when, especially when they're complaining about a church or they're, they're, they're explaining why they didn't go to church or they're not going to church regularly. Usually it's something along the lines of, I didn't feel like it, you know, uh, they're not meeting my needs, whatever. And it's all about you. And somehow, I don't know who died and put you on the throne, but uh, it, just seems, it just seems all about you. What about, you know, one of the reasons I don't like going to a church, I know I'm pastoring right now and different things, but one of the reasons I like going to a church is... They, you know, what can I do for them? How can I serve the pastor? How can I serve, uh, what can I do? How can I help? How can I be part of the body instead of just being served all the time? I know when I go to be served, I, I expect that at a hotel. I expect that at a restaurant. I expect that to some degree when I go on a cruise. But when I go to church, I expect to be a part of the family. And, uh... I don't, at home, we shouldn't be couch potatoes, and we at church, we shouldn't be pew potatoes. You know, um, we need to be a part of the family. There's a time to, there's a time to receive, but there's a time to give. And we have to learn how to do both. 
And a local church is just good. And there's another thing I'm sure we'll get into, uh, but, uh, um, you know, a local church can be good, especially if it's a healthy church, especially if it's a like-minded church. Uh, because if you're studying the Word of God on your own, like we just talked about last week, and which is good and everyone should, but if, you know, if, if what you're studying, or the perception of what you're studying, you're starting to get off on some weird tangent or some weird conclusion... Sometimes the body of Christ is good for you to rub things off of. And if, if it's like, you know what? Uh, so, you know, I'll just put myself in spot. Dave, that, <coughs> if I got into some weird doctrine, they could be like, Dave, I love you, but that just sounds kind of kind of uh, hocus pocus. That just sounds a little off. Uh, and sometimes it's good to, 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 sound, to bounce things off people so we don't get off in some weird theology, weird doctrine. And it's good that we, iron sharpens iron. And sometimes we need that accountability. And, that, and you know, the uh, Hebrews talks about how we are to admonish one another. And I know I'm going on a lot of different tangents, but God created the, the local church. And yes, he gave us the Holy Spirit. Yes, he gave us the word of God. Yes, Jesus is living on the inside of us. That, those are some of the, the major highlights. But God also gave us the body of, of Christ. You know, whenever I talk about the church, <clears throat> it's the body of Christ. It's not just a body, it is, but it's the body of Christ. And once you start dissecting the body of Christ, you start dissecting Christ. We don't. We can't. We don't want to behead the body, and the, no, no, Christ is going to be the head of the church. But what? And if you start saying to one member of the body of Christ, one member of the church, I don't need you, then in a sense you're telling me there's a part of Jesus you don't need, because it's a part of it's a body of Christ. It's not your body. It's the body of Christ. And the Bible says, and Paul says in Corinthians that we're knitted together. And so when one of us leaves, when one of us breaks off, there's a ripping away. It's, in a sense, it's almost like a divorce. It's not the same level of divorce, so don't hear me wrong. The, 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 the most sacred relationship outside of our own relationship with God is our is a, is a, is a, is a, a, the book of Hebrews in chapter 13 calls it holy. It's a holy matrimony. At the same point in time, the next closest relationship is the body of Christ. The Bible says we're knitted together. And when something's knit together and it separates, there's going to be a tear. There's going to be a ripping. <coughs> you know, and uh, I'm going on so many different tangents. I know, no, I understand that, but we're talking about the body of Christ. So to me, I, I just, uh, uh, there's a lot I can talk about this. Uh, this is a very important uh, important topic. So anyway, do you want anything you want to share, Sherry? You know, it, it's easy to go on so many different tangents uh, on this, but when you search the scripture for yourself and see how often uh, the Apostle Paul talked to the church, how he he called us all brethren, um, so many times talks about the body of Christ, which Dave was 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 sharing. But the body of Christ is to edify one another, and part of that is the fellowship and coming together to learn more about God and to be taught the Word. Dave likes to quote so many times 
in Acts where it says they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. He actually taught on this a, a while ago, so I encourage you to go on the, our website and, and listen to it because he explains in depth um, each each point and you know the he, he's he's talking about some some, some covenant um, things in in there but people will fail you Dave Dave alluded to that even Andrew alluded to that and my encouragement to you and to myself instead of being so focused on people and how they've hurt you and me I can do the same thing and I can focus on people who've, who've hurt me we're to keep our eye on Jesus God is faithful it's Jesus who accomplished everything at the cross it's Jesus uh, who put his Holy Spirit in us so that we can respond in love and grace to the body of Christ and to encourage each other and, and uh, there's a verse that talks about iron sharpening iron you know when I have a revelation and I'm able to teach you know I can encourage Dave or, or somebody else or or share something and vice versa um, I'm, I'm personally listening to uh, Lawson Purdue teaching on Romans and it's really encouraging my faith and you know so many times I've come to my husband to Dave and say I, I'm struggling in this area please help me and as much as he's uh, the spiritual head of my home and my husband he's also part of the body of Christ and he can bring God's word and to clarify something that I'm stewing over or I'm struggling over and that's how the body of Christ is to function the, the gifts are for the body of Christ the, the, the gifts that, that God's given us through his Holy Spirit are for the body of Christ. Yes, we use them to, to edify anyone who comes across our, our path, but they, but they are for the body of Christ, not for myself. I don't use the gifts to encourage myself. I use the gifts to encourage the body of Christ and to serve them. But I think the, the main thing is we see in the Word of God how crucial and important the body of Christ is and also I, I think Dave alluded to it but but it um, I forget where it is but there's a verse says that that they will know we are Christ's disciples by our, by our love for one another and when the church is hurting each other people aren't wanting to come to Christ because they don't want to be a part of that they can get that in the world and I get people hurt one another. We're imperfect people. We all have baggage and we all hurt each other. Most of the time we don't try to. It's just whatever lens we're looking through in the moment, whatever, um, how does Barry Bennett say it? Uh, filter that we're going through. You know, if I'm, hey, if I'm personally, if I'm tired or hungry, I can be pretty cranky. And I might respond uh, to someone not in, in grace, not because of them, not because I don't like them, just because I got in the flesh. That's why Paul encourages us to walk in the spirit and not in the flesh so we don't fulfill uh, the flesh. But for the body of Christ, we are to love one another. Uh, Jesus gave us so much grace and, and forgave us so much 
that we should be like uh, the woman who uh, loved much because she was uh, loved much or was it forgiven much. I just want to encourage you just just to, to hear us out, hear Andrew out on how important the body of Christ is. Okay, sounds good. Uh, I know we're going to get some more steps. So there will be some more. Uh, this t- section is called, Coals Stay Hot in the Fire. You grow spiritually by participating in a good church. As a believer, you're like a hot coal in a burning fire. You'll stay red hot and glowing as long as you're involved with other believers in a local church body. Separate and isolate yourself from the other coals, and it won't be long before you grow cold. Stay in the fire. Although there, excuse me, there are plenty of bad churches out there, it's worth your effort to find the good ones. Every believer needs to be involved in a local church. You can learn a lot from Christians who have walked in God's word and have been through some things. It's important not to believe just anyone. God will place spiritual leaders in your life for the purpose of helping you grow. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Ephesians 4, 11 and 12. Many new believers want to bypass people and receive everything they need straight from God. However, the Lord prefers to work through mature Christians to build up and strengthen newer ones. God uses apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers to equip and mature believers for the work of the ministry. He gave these people to build up the body of Christ until we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Ephesians 4.13 Since the church hasn't fully attained that yet, God is still using these five different types of ministry gifts to accomplish his goals. It's important that you submit to the Lord's system. You're disobeying God if you don't get involved with other believers. God will still love you and you won't lose your salvation, but you'll be a cold, isolated coal when you run into hurts and difficult situations. Instead of having a strong support system of other believers who love you and know your situation, you'll be on your own in the ocean. You definitely need to participate in a good church. All right, this is just good stuff. I mean, uh, uh, you know, uh, again, I mean, I just like his analogy of a coal and a fire. You know, you never, if you ever do a barbecue or make a fire in the fireplace or a bonfire at the beach or whatnot, you know, you separate the, the, the fire, you separate the coals, the fire will go out. And if you ever have hot coals, you put those coals back together, it'll, it'll reunite if the logs are hot. And so, we, you know, if we want to stay on fire, we want to stay good, we need to stay plugged in. You know, it's like it's like my cell phone. I got to plug it in so, every so often. I, I got to put gas in the car. I gotta, I gotta put oil in the car. I got, I gotta. There's certain things I gotta do to keep it running, to keep it running good. Uh, some machines need to have a tune-up once in a while, or a maintenance job. We, you know, we have oil changes. We have other maintenance things that we do underneath the hood of the car to make to maintain the vehicle. And I'm just trying to use some uh, illustrations, but you know, almost every vocation uh, has a network. 
to stay plugged in. You, you might have trained to get up. For example, I'm a notary public and an apostille agent and have a couple other certifications along those lines. But there's a network for, with other notary publics for us to, to bounce things off and to get mentored. And, and, and then when we run into a situation, and so we, we, stay, we stay primed to do the job and encourage one another. Uh, even if you don't have a network for your job, there's other, uh, for, for, for businesses, a lot of times they will network with other businesses. Because maybe they don't do your business, but they do business. And sometimes it's just nice to network with, uh, with other businesses. And that's just because you understand a small business. You understand. And it, my, my point is, uh, those are just natural things, but it, we need to stay plugged in. You know, some parents get together and moms get together and, and talk, talk mom stuff. You know, they just talk things and guys talk guy things. And, and we need to encourage those. And so that even in the church, it can be many small groups of different sizes and types and, and maybe even uh, 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 focuses. Uh, because we just need that, you know. It's dangerous. It's and, and like how he brings out towards the end of the section, it's disobedient to God. He'll still love you. You're not going to lose your salvation, but you'll grow cold if you don't. You're not being plugged in. I mean, you. I mean, nowadays we have technology. You can listen to almost any pastor on YouTube or some some media. You can listen to worship on almost any media. You, so you can get teaching. You can get worship. Uh, but going to church is not just listening to a message. That's one thing that we do at church, but that's only one thing. There's many other things that happen with a local body. And part of that is fellowshipping with people. The early church were steadfast in four things. The apostles' doctrine, which is teaching. Fellowship. The breaking of bread, which has a lot to do with covenant, but it also has to do with fellowship. And then the prayer. And that's ministry and whatnot. Teaching was only one thing. And they were steadfast in all four things. And it says that they did it daily. We do it once a week or twice a week. And we're doing a midweek service right now. And and just listening to a message through a live stream, praise God for that technology. Praise God we can do that. We have over 2,000 followers on, on YouTube. Through, through a live stream, we're reaching over 2,000 people from our living room. Praise God. But there's no fellowship going on here. There's no interaction going on here. And with COVID and different things, it, that's become the challenge. But there are innovative ways that we can still fellowship and get connected and stay connected. We need that. We need a. I need to stay connected. I mean, it goes both ways. Uh, the pastor needs some fellowship, and the people need fellowship. We're people too. We're pastors, but we're sheep too. You know. And sometimes I need to pastor with, a fellowship with the people, and sometimes I need to fellowship with other pastors, and, and so whatnot. Um, he also brings out, you know, uh, I mean, Ephesians chapter 4. I mean, I could spend hours on here. I'm hoping you're just going to spend a few moments. It's in the book, but I'm going to read it from my Bible. <coughs> Starting with Ephesians 4, verse 11. And he, who's he? God, Christ. Himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. I want to back up just a, a, a couple verses to verse 8. Uh, if you have your Bible, you can see it, but if not, that's fine. And he gave gifts to men. <coughs> and what gifts did he give to men? 
uh, verse 11 says he gave apostles, prophets, uh, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. God, these five office gifts, we call those office gifts, are gifts that God gave the church. They're God's gift to the church. Is everyone a pastor? No. Is everyone an evangelist? No. Are we all supposed to evangelize? Yes. Uh, are we all able ministers in the new covenant? Yes. But we're not all pastors and teachers and whatnot. God gave these gifts, not because we're more special than other people, but God gave these gifts to the church. My job as a pastor is verse 12. For the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. If you know the verse 12, this phrase, for the, is mentioned three times in this verse. My job as a pastor is for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. There's a three-point job description right there. My job is to equip you to do the work of the ministry. You know what, you know what the word ministry means? It means to serve. My job is to equip you to serve. And you know what the word edify means? It means to build up. My job is to equip you to minister and equip one another. That's my job. My job is not just to build you up so you can live your own lives. My job is to build you up so you minister to other people. Whether those other people will be in this church, whether those other people will be at your, in your home, whether those other people will be in your job, whether other people will be in your, your circle of friends or whatever. And usually in all cases, it's, 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 those people can be in all of those areas. My job is to, to, to equip you. What does it mean to equip someone? You know, an officer, he's sworn into duty. He's equipped with some materials. He has a gun. He has handcuffs. He has things on his tool belt. Uh, every job has tools and resources to do the job. My job is to equip you. <coughs> My job is to train you. My job is to pastor you, to shepherd you. Not just to meet your needs, even though that can be be part of it. You know, our, our church here, Lighthouse Discipleship Center, we call ourselves Lighthouse Discipleship Center. There's three words for a reason. First of all, it's to be a beacon. We want to be a light. We want to be a beacon. Sometimes we are a beacon to those who are struggling, those who need help, those who are hurting. Sometimes that might be the first time we meet them. Or, or maybe it's sometimes to, uh, uh, <coughs> excuse me, a set of circumstances. But then what my job is to, to bring them in to, in a sense, like fish, to clean them up and to, to, to get them back on their feet again. To get their lives and their families and their health back in order. And clean them up and disciple, and that's what the word discipleship is. To be a lighthouse, to disciple them. Because my job is not to make converts. My job is to make disciples. To equip you. And the word center is, I see this church as we have different ministries going on. We have children's ministry. We have women's ministry. We have all these different ministries going on. Whatever it might be. But, and whether, and it might look totally different than I'm describing. Because right now it is. Uh, but my job is to equip my job is to equip you in such a way that you will minister to other people. Whatever that look, look like. Hopefully I'm making sense. But let me tie in verse 13 uh, with this because Andrew did. 
<coughs> I like the King James here because at the end of verse 12, in the King James, there's a colon. You know what a colon means? A colon is a grammatical punctuation that, in other words, when he said, uh, when there's a colon at the end of verse 12, that the, the whole reason why God has gave these gifts of the fivefold ministry to the church to equip them for the work of the ministry to edify the body of Christ so that this edified body of Christ, this equipped and edified body of Christ can come to the full, to, to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. You know, verse 13 is talking about maturity. The stature of the fullness of Christ. How many of you want to operate your life in the full stature of the fullness of Christ? How many of you want to live your life, live, uh, manage your family, manage your business affairs, manage your life with the stature of the fullness of Christ? My job is that we all come to the unity of the faith. Uh, to the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man. <clears throat> and how do we do that? We do that by becoming equipped for the work of the ministry and building up the body of Christ. And again, notice verse 12 again, the body of Christ. It's not your body. It's His body. And so, if you are hurting one another, you're hurting the body of Christ. You're hurting Christ. You're messing with the body of Christ. And, 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 and so you don't have any business messing with the body of Christ. And so, anyway, um, there's more here. Actually, verse 11, verses 11 through 16 is all one sentence. And I'm, I'm not going to cut it. I'm going to cut this part short. But uh, there's just so much here. My job, our job as pastors is to equip you to do the work of the ministry to edify one another. You know, and that's that's our job. And I, I'm glad if I can minister to you. That's only part of my job. But my job is to minister to you so that you in turn can turn around and minister to other people. That's really the fullness of... Uh, that, that's, that's bringing my job to full circle. Uh, and so... Um, and, and so anyway, it just... Uh, uh, there's more I can say about that. But anything you want to piggyback on? No, it's all good. Um, if you are looking for a church, because uh, Andrew and Dave and I uh, will say things like a good local church, you know, like Dave shared earlier um, about a, a, a pastor saying that if you're going to look for something uh, wrong in a church, you're going to find it. Everyone has, has different likes and dislikes. So you can go to the church, like the teaching, but not the worship. Uh, like the worship, but not the teaching. Uh, like this, that, or the other thing about it. How they do offering, how they do baptisms, and whatnot. So yes, you're, you're never going to find a perfect church because there's people in the church. But I encourage you, seek the Lord, pray, ask the Holy Spirit to lead you to a church. And like Dave encouraged it's not what the church can do for you, but also what you can do for your church. It's both. It, it, it's, it's both. And 
you know, Dave and I will share our testimony at times of how uh, this was back in 2009, wherever, whenever it was, about how we had lost our jobs for five years and um, we weren't able to drive our car because we didn't have finances to get the registration going and put gas in it. Uh, so we would walk to our local churches, whatever churches were in the area that we could walk to, or we would even borrow cars. So we didn't have a lot of choice, but we went with an expectant heart. One, because we got to go to church. We were expecting something good because it's God's church, but also expectant heart on how, how can we serve this local body? How can we encourage them? And in turn, we got encouraged. You know, maybe the message uh, wasn't, you know, uh, something, some, something to like, ooh, about. But we, if, if God's word is being shared, if there's scripture being shared, take that and, and glean from that. You know, we went to a church where uh, we didn't think much of the teaching, um, but because of the acoustics and different things, uh, Dave didn't hear everything so well, but they had the scriptures up on the screen. And so while I'm trying to make sense of what the, the local pastor was, was, was trying to share, all Dave saw was the verses. So he studied and read the verses and got encouraged out of that. Um, we also went to various church fellowships. We would go to the Bible studies um, just to get that fellowship and to get fed because where God's word is, it doesn't return void. So you can get something out of almost anything if you have the right attitude. Uh, but one of, one of my favorite stories of Pastor Lawson that Dave was talking about earlier was when when he got on fire for the Lord and he had a relationship with the Lord, he wanted to be at church anytime that the doors opened. And uh, his, his dad was getting frustrated because Lawson was at the age where it's time to start dating and, and, and meeting girls and, you know, hey, sooner or later you're going to get married to, you know, start, start uh, doing what, you know, guys usually do, you know, go out and and take a girl on a date and and things like that but all Lawson wanted to do was go to church and his dad finally was like if you have a date you can have the car but if not then no don't go to I'm not gonna let you go to church so finally Lawson wised up and he said okay dad I have a date and he's like really yeah can I borrow the car oh of course son here you go here's the keys and his dad's like have a date with and Lawson says with Jesus I'm going to church because I have a date with Jesus and so his dad couldn't argue with that um, but you know when you love the Lord you know you want you want anything to do with what God has for you and part of that is the body of Christ in the, in the local church and you know there's so many times when you know it's it's wonderful worshiping the Lord on your own and I'm not taken away from that but there is something so glorious about worshiping our God in, with a group of believers who all love the Lord. And when you're all raising your voice in worship of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, it is one of the most beautiful things in the world. It is just absolutely beautiful. And we don't want to take away from that. So we encourage you, 
You will benefit so much uh, by taking your eyes off people, putting them on Jesus, and then uh, going to your local church to, to worship together and grow together with your local body. All right, let's keep reading a little bit more. Right, that's good stuff. Relationship with his, with his people. I like that, with his people. <coughs> what you hear while you're young in the Lord will greatly impact your spiritual development. As a new believer, you're like a little plant that needs to be in a protected environment until your roots grow deep. When I was young in my faith, I'd walk out in the middle of a service if I heard something contrary to God's word being preached. Today, I don't just up, get up and leave because I know it won't hurt me the way it would have when I was first born again. However, I don't subject myself to wrong teaching again and again because it's unwise. If you hear something enough, you'll start to believe it. Since you are forming your spiritual root structures, it's crucial that you hear correct teaching now. Although what you hear as a new believer is important, a church will supply you with more than just teaching. Your participation in a local body can provide you with needed fellowship and relationships with other Christians. Media ministries like mine can feed you God's word through audio messages, books, websites, radio, and television programs, but nothing helps the word become flesh in your life better than regular interaction with other on fire believers. Christianity is a relationship with God and his people. Before his conversion, Paul, then named Saul, hated Christians. While on his way to Damascus to kill more believers, the Lord appeared to him in a blinding flash of light, Acts 9, 1-5. Jesus asked, Why are you persecuting me? Notice that his question wasn't, Why are you persecuting, persecuting my people? That's because the Lord becomes one with every individual who puts his or her faith in him. If someone touches you, they touch the apple of God's eye. God loves you the same as he loves every other Christian. God demonstrates his love through his people. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples if ye have love to one another. John 13, 35. If a man say, I love God and hateth his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? 1 John 4, 20. No one refuses to relate to God's people. No one who refuses to relate to God's people can say they truly have a relationship with God. I like uh, what Andrew said here in uh, the next to last paragraph. It says, Christianity is a relationship with God and his people. You know, God takes it personally when you attack his people. Because, you know, I went, like you said with uh, Saul uh, before he became Paul, why are you persecuting me? When we are persecuting one another, when we are mistreating one another, we're mistreating Christ. When we are uh, hating one another and doing wrong to one another, uh, when we are not forgiving one another, we're not forgiving Christ. We're not, we're not, we're doing that to, to, to Christ because we are his people. Um, um, there's a couple other things I just want to piggyback on. Uh, just trying to look at the first paragraph. You know, we, you know, especially a, a, a new believer, it's good to be in. You know, as a new believer, or maybe 
you are a, a believer for a while, but, you know, since we've been following Andrew and other, other speakers like him, Joseph Prince, others, but in the last uh, few years, since 2009-ish, uh, our doctrine, some of our doctrine, there was a radical change uh, and, 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 that, and what we believed and what not, to a certain degree. And it has just revolutionized our lives. And there's been a lot of people who have come to our church or come to our ministry or Andrews. We've heard this a lot of Karis. Uh, usually on the to topics of healing and grace and other things. And it's like, why didn't we hear this growing up? Why didn't we hear this in our church? And I'm not here bashing any pastor or church or denomination or whatnot. But some people, when we start hearing the gospel, as we've been teaching, Andrew's been teaching, whatever, for some people, it's been very, very revolutionary. And and when there's, you know, there, there, there's a, a baby plant, but then there's sometimes a replant, maybe, a, you know, maybe the something that's fragile, you know. Or there's a newborn baby that's fr that, that might be fragile, but maybe someone who just came out of a hospital or some major... Uh, surgery or whatever that can be fragile you know until we are and the point i'm trying to make until we are established in the gospel until we have our faith grounded and know that we know that we know that we believe as a mature believer and we can support that with scripture and we just know we know i mean you're not going to come and teach me that god doesn't heal you're not going to be able to come and teach me against the holy spirit you're not going to teach me against righteousness or you're too late i am convinced i can give you scriptures i can teach it up and down i'm not i wouldn't teach it to prove myself to show what i know but i just know i just know that i know that i know and and, and there, now there's some subjects i don't know so well and you might be able to convince me but there's some subjects you're not going to be able to convince me because i i i i just know i know righteousness i know different things I didn't know before. I thought I did, but I didn't, you know. And uh, like, because Andrew said that when he was a new believer, if there was wrong teachers, he wrong something he didn't agree with, he would just get up and walk out, you know. Especially if it's something essential. Um, but you know, now now he doesn't necessarily do that because he's you're not gonna you're not gonna mispersuade right Andrew with some major false doctrine, some major essential false doctrine. Why he's just too grounded. Now, but he also says, even as a, a mature believer, it's still unhealthy to sit under bad teaching all the time. Now, there might be some teachers like Andrew or whatnot, you may not agree with everything they teach. I, I'm sure, you know, well, that's one thing I love about Karis Bible College. Every once in a while, one, two of the speakers, including Andrew and another speaker, don't see a certain point, I die. And they've said it. They, I mean, we have videos, and some of the videos we have in our Bible classes will sit once in a while. One will say, well, I know Andrew sees it this way, but I see it this way. Not on a major point, but on a minor point, they, they, they may disagree. And I'm, I like that. I like that how they can still be in unity and disagree on the minor points. Uh, but, uh, you know, if it's a major point, if it's a major doctrine... You know, we were we went to churches for a while. Sherry mentioned we had to go to some churches for a while because we didn't have a car and we didn't have, we we couldn't commute, so we had to walk. And some, one of the churches we went to for a while, they didn't believe in healing and they didn't believe in the Holy Spirit. Those are two major things for us. 
but it, it was the only church we could go to because that's where we could walk to, and or, and so we got involved with the church. Finally, uh, you know, we, we left, and, and we were glad to leave. Uh, but at the same point in time, while we were there, we became useful. Um, you know, I don't necessarily encourage that. I don't. I, I don't. I, I, I don't. I don't encourage that. I think that can be very dangerous for some people. And you know, as much as we didn't agree with those two points, because like Dave said, those are major points. We still loved the people. We still loved the pastor. We still encouraged the body. We still respected the pastor. We still respected the pastor because, you know, Dave shared earlier about how the pastors and the and the, the those um, evangelists, prophets, the the five uh, office gifts, they are gifts to the body of Christ from God. Pastors and and these others are God's anointed. So even if they don't maybe have all their theology lined up perfectly, they are still God's anointed gifts that God has given to his people. So yes, there's some churches that, yes, I will put my foot down, I will not go to. But there's so many things that you can overlook in a church and still get fed. And if you're mature enough to trust the Holy Spirit to one lead you to a church where he would like you to, to, to be at least for a season. But you can all tr also trust the Holy Spirit to teach you and bring you edification, um, uh, what you can from the church, but also like Dave said, from, from other teachings. I'm not sure what I was going to say. Um, but, uh, but anyway, um, I try to get my 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 train of thought back because I was on a I was I was saying all that to say something else. Um, but anyway, I want to get back to what Andrew was saying. You know, in choosing a church, it needs to be a good church. It needs to be. I mean, it needs to be something where the major doctrine is is correct. And I understand that might be challenging, especially with COVID and different things and whatnot. But and that's essential. Uh, you know, we we've had people come to us before where. They, they were very loyal to their former church. Well, I'm not trying. I'm not. I'm not competing with anybody. Uh, that's not, not my, my, my thing. Even though we're a small church, and people think we want people, we do want to see our church grow. But uh, uh, we're not. We're, we're happy if you're in a good church. But if you're not a good church, I encourage you. You don't have to come to this one, but get out. I mean, I, you know. We had people come to us before uh, that were still going to other churches, uh, but they were coming to some of our Bible studies or not, uh, or they were just dialoguing with us through text. They weren't coming to anything. And here they're getting one teaching, here they're getting, working another teaching, and they're wondering why they're still struggling. I go, because you're getting one teaching here and one teaching there, and they disagree with one another. You can't grow if you're on both sides of the fence. <laughs> you need to... You, need, you know, you need to choose which one you're going to believe. Because I'm every every week you come here, I'm unteaching everything you learn there, and so uh, we're never getting anywhere. And so, uh, you know, being in the wrong environment, you know, it's just like a plant. So there's some plants you don't put in too much sun, and there's some plants you don't put in too much shade. There's some plants you just need to have the right environment for. And so, you know. Uh, it's important that you have a good church. To me, if I wasn't pastoring and, and I couldn't find a, a good church here in Camarillo or nearby, I would drive. And if I had to, I would move. It's that important to me. It's that important. To me, it's 
it, to me, it's almost a point of life and death. It's not in the sense life, life and death in the sense I'm going to lose my salvation. But our family, our marriage, everything we are, my own relationship with God is not going to grow the way it should if I don't have a pastor and I don't have a local church. And if, if I need to, if I wasn't pastoring, and I, I would move. And, you know, uh, we are pastoring, and we are here, and God did call us here. But, at the same point in time, I will sometimes drive two hours to go get fellowship. Because I don't know, I don't have some fellowship out here. I have fellowship elsewhere. And so sometimes I will drive to go get it, because it's that important. And so uh, it, it's worth it, it's worth driving to. I mean, there's some things that are worth the, the commute. Some things not so much, you know. Um, but it's worth driving to. And so it's that important to me. It's that essential to me, you know. And so I need good fellowship once in a while. And so I mean, there's some restaurants I like it enough. I will drive an hour and a half to go see. Will we do that every week? Will we do that every month? No, but that's how I do it. But a good church, if I didn't have a good church, if we didn't have something, uh, we would drive, We, if we need to, we would move. And uh, it, it would be worth it. Uh, and so, uh, and, but at the same point in time, you know, we we, uh, we are where God wants us to be right now. But uh, uh, anyway. We just cannot say enough how important tr the body of Christ and fellowshipping at a local church is. It is very important. Let's be, uh, I, I want to get a little further, so uh, I don't know how we're doing on time here. Uh, we're almost out of time. But uh, let's read the next little section here. Put his word into practice. A local church will provide you with the opportunity to put Christ's teaching into practice. It's one thing to hear the word say to do unto others as you would have them do unto you, Matthew seven twelve, But it's quite another to actually live it. Your rate of maturity will slow down if all you ever do is shut yourself up with the Bible for weeks and months. Some things you'll never really learn until you have to deal with other people. From God's perspective, you don't really know something from His Word until you've put it into practice. Your local church leadership can provide ministry to you and your loved ones in practical ways that a media and traveling ministry cannot. I can teach you God's Word concerning healing, but I won't be available when you need to call for the elders of the church, James 5.14, to come over to your house and anoint the sick. However, the leaders of your local church can do that and so much more. They can officiate weddings, perform funerals, minister to your children, advise you from the word, pray about specific situations, and serve as godly role models you can personally interact with on a regular basis. Your entire household will benefit from your participation in a local church. You'll also find like-minded believers with whom you can establish close friendships. The two most important influences in your life are what you hear and read and the person or persons you spend your time with. This doesn't mean you reject people who aren't believers, but from now on, your strongest friendships should be with other Christians, 2 Corinthians 6, 14-18. If you remain unequally yoked with an unbeliever, sooner or later that person will negatively affect you. He that walketh with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed, Proverbs thirteen twenty. 
You always rise or sink to the levels, uh, the level of your closest friends. Regularly meeting together with other believers protects and promotes your spiritual health. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together as the matter of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as ye see the day approaching. Hebrews 10, 23-25 Plug yourself into a good local church. You know, and again, there's a lot of things I can piggyback on here. One of the things, that, you know, uh, there's a difference between a travel minister, kind of like Andrew. Uh, he doesn't travel as much as he used to, but he's still, he's not a pastor. He's a minister, but Andrew is not a pastor. I'm pointing to the, the, the title, uh, his, 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 the author. But I am a pastor. And other people like Lawson and whatnot, and, and uh, you know, uh, depending on the size of the church, they might have deacons and might have other elders in the church that might do some of the work, or other pastors in the church that might do some of the work for them. But, you know, you can call us. You, we will come uh, if it's local or whatever. Uh, you know, I get a lot of people overseas asking me to come to the country, and I may or may not. But I'm not. God didn't call me to come to uh, India. God didn't call me to come to Africa. God didn't, I'm not saying we would never go on a mission trip, but at least right now, God's not calling me anywhere but here. God's calling me here. I'm a pastor. I'm not a missionary. Uh, I'm, I'm not an evangelist. I'm a pastor. I know my calling, and I'm very comfortable in that calling. That may change someday, perhaps, and uh, maybe. Uh, you know, we have gone on mission trips. Uh, and I used to promote that on our website. I actually took that off now because we're not promoting that right now. That may come back someday, but it's not right now. And so, you know, uh, I get a lot of foreign ministers want me to come. And, and until God tells me to come, I'm not coming. I'm just not going to entertain that, you know. Uh, God hasn't called me to go to all the nations. Some people he has. He hasn't called me to do that. God's called me to be a pastor. But I'm a pastor. And, uh, and I will come. And we have come in the middle of the night. We will answer, you know, um, and, and different things. And Andrew won't. Hey, that's not his calling. That's not his purpose. Uh, you know, and so he's a, he's a teacher. He, uh, he has a different kind of ministry. He's one of the five-fold ministries. But, you know, uh, all five of the five-fold ministries don't operate the same. They all have the same purpose in, in the sense that they're all equipped the saints for the work of the ministry for the building of the body of Christ. But they all have different functions. They all operate differently. You know, when we were in Costa Rica in the Dominican Republic, we saw this. Uh, we saw the pastor and evangelist, or the, the pastor and the missionary, work hand in hand. The missionary or the evangelist could could draw a crowd. The pastor didn't know how to draw a crowd, but the evangelist could. But then the, the, the evangelist didn't know how to disciple the people. They didn't. They didn't have a one. They didn't have a local location to bring the people into. But so when the evangelist would draw the crowd, and then the pastor would clean them up and pastor them over a time period. And when I saw them working together, the church in that community grew. Uh, and so uh, there are different aspects of the, of the, of the fivefold ministry. Uh, but again, he you know he, he then he brings out a lot about. Um, uh, I was going to quote it earlier, but he brought me to it. Hebrews 10. Don't forsake the assembly of yourselves. Uh, you know, we need to admonish one another. That we need it. You know, you know that word forsake. Uh, you know, 
we have some people once in, uh, when we went to Bible college, we were going to Karis Bible College. We were going four days a week, uh, four hours a day. That was 16 hours every week. We were getting good teaching, good worship, and good fellowship. To me, that was church. Now, Karis doesn't call himself a church. I understand that. Uh, they weren't pastors and so on whatnot. But we were going to Bible study in church. Uh, we were going to Bible classes, good, good teaching, good worship, and good fellowship, 16 hours a day, uh, 16 hours a week. Uh, and so at that time, we were also working full-time jobs. And so on the weekends, Sherry and I, that was the only season in our lives where we didn't go to church on Sunday. Just, and I don't think we did the whole three years that way. But we, but there was a there was a season of time where we didn't go to church because we needed us time, and that was the only time we could have us time. And I did not feel guilty because I was going to church and my one says of the word sixteen hours a week. Some people don't even go to church sixteen hours in a year. Some people don't, or in a month. And so we were going to go to church. I wasn't comparing myself with others. Now, I don't think everyone should do that. And then when we did graduate from Cares. By that time, we had already started a church, and so <coughs> this became our church. Um, but uh, and it was it was it was bigger locally. It was we had more people coming versus an online service uh, at that time, and so it, it, it was healthy there. Now we're struggling because of COVID and different things, where we don't have a lot of people physically here, and that means we have everything but the fellowship, and that's where we're lacking, and that's where we're hurting, and that's where we, we, we you know we we have to improvise. But that means we need to go get the fellowship. And that means sometimes we have to drive to the fellowship. And so we're working on a couple of different things to help it out. But we need the monish one letter, especially as we see the day approaching. What day? These last days. We need, we, I mean, amid COVID, all the, all the junk happening in our world today, we need the body of Christ. Even China and other places where they have an underground church understand the need for fellowship. They might have to do it innovatively. They might have to be very creative and discreet about it. But they still have fellowship. They still have ways. The early church at times was persecution. They still found ways to fellowship. They might have been, you know, because it's essential. You will not grow. Spiritual, you will not grow a healthy spiritual life if you don't have a good diet of fellowship. And you need, and I understand it might be small at times and different things, but you need fellowship, it's essential, it's important. Is it, it does, am I trying to magnify fellowship over the Holy Spirit? No, or the Word of God? No. Am I trying to, to magnify going to church over the Word of God and your own personal relationship with God? No. But it's a tool to help you with those things. Uh, you know, it's, it doesn't replace the Holy Spirit, but it's not, it's not either or either. It's not the Holy Spirit or church. No, it's both. It's not, it, we need the Word of God. Are these commandments, uh, Andrew's mentioned that we're disobeying God if we're not going to church. Yes, we are. Now, does that mean God doesn't love you? No. Does that mean God not, doesn't bless God, God's grace? You know, it's not based on your performance. God's grace is not based on your performance. But if you're not going to church, and if you're not spending time in the Word, first of all, you're not even going to know what His promises are. You're not going to know how to appropriate His promises. 
And if you're not spending time in church, if you're not spending time in God's Word, your heart will grow cold. Your heart will become hardened. And you, I mean, God has not made you an island to yourself. You know, sometimes we fantasize about being on a desert island because we just need some space. And, that, and everyone might want, like it for a little while. But if you've lived on a desert island for years all by yourself, you would have some major problems. Psychological problems, whatever. I mean, we, we saw a movie a little while back, uh, I think uh, by Tom Hanks. He was shipwrecked. And, he, and in this movie, he had, began to have some psychological problems. His, his best friend was Wilson, the, the, the beat-up old volleyball or soccer ball or whatever it was. That ended up on a FedEx package. You know, if you get isolated for too long, you... I mean, they even done a study with 10 babies. Because I don't know all the details of this study. But five of those babies received a lot of love and affection and whatever. Uh, all 10 babies got their basic needs met as far as food and diapers change and... And, and, you know, uh, and everything. But five received love and affection, and then other five did not. And if I, if I recall it right, the five who received love and affection lived, and other five either died or began to have problems. I forget where it was well, not. I don't think they died, but they, but they noticed that there is a big difference on the babies that got their emotional needs met versus the babies who didn't. And you need, you need that. And not only that, people need you. How, how are the other people, maybe you're not a new believer, but how are the new believers going to get nourished if you're not willing to help nourish them? If you're not willing, why is it all about you and your needs? And what, You know, we're a body. You need to receive from the body of Christ, and you need to give to the body of Christ. You, it can't be just about you because if, if it's all about what you can get and the teaching you can get and the nourishment you can get, but you're not willing to give any of that back, then I then I question what your relationship with God really is. Because the more I have a relationship with God, the more I want a relationship with God, the more I want to be in the Word, the more I want to go to church, and the more I want to minister to other people and, and fellowship with other people. The more I spend time in God's Word, the more I want to fellowship and be part of the body of Christ. Not less, and and so and so I, I those who don't value going to church, those who don't value participating in church, I question. I'm not questioning whether you're born again. I'm questioning what kind of relationship with God you really have. And I say I don't say that to hurt you. I say that to help you because I, I just like because the more I spend time with God, I get, have a love for people. Even on my bad days, when I'm in a, I want to be in a bad mood, but my, my flesh wants to be in a bad mood. I spend time in God's Word, and I just want to love people. I'm like, where did that come from? Because I know it didn't come from me. And I, the more I spend time with God, the more I want a fellowship, and uh, it's just it's essential. And uh, anyway, uh, am I saying it's more important than than uh, reading your, the Bible for yourself or, or spending time with the Holy Spirit? No. But at the same point in time, God gave us pastors and teachers to equip us to minister to one another. And so you need, we, need, we need it all. We, I, I don't know about you, but I want everything God gave me. And, and, and for me to say, God, I thank you for this, but I don't need this that you gave me. 
And in one sense, uh, I, in one sense, and I hope you hear my heart. In one sense, you're almost you're. It's not only is it disobedient, but you're almost kind of saying that God, you don't know what you're talking about, or God, you're a liar. I mean, not that you're going that far with it, but just God, God gave us things that we need. Let's use it. Let's be a part of it. And uh, it, you know, could you get involved with a body? It will help you get on a good body, a good church, a good good body. It will help you stay on fire. <coughs> it will help you. Uh, you know, uh, you know, God never desired us to be Lone Rangers, but even Lone Ranger had Tonto. Even Batman had Robin. You know. Uh, every superhero had somebody. You know, they come out with a lot of new superhero TV shows. But a lot of these super... I mean, there's one on Supergirl. There's one on all these. All of them had a team. We watched, actually, all the seasons of Flash. And we, the thing we liked... We, some of it was scientific, and we didn't, we didn't care about all, some of that junk. But we liked the team. All of them had a team. Yes, the Flash was the main... You know, main character, but he had a team. He couldn't have done what he did as a Flash, being a superhero without the team. They all had a team. A lot of these movies that we like, we like it because of the team. And we like a team. That's one of our desires for this church. We have never wanted to be a Dave and Sherry show. We want to do ministry as a team. Uh, that's always been our hearts. Uh, you know, so uh, it just uh, we need one another. And for many different reasons. Uh, and so, anyway. So just like what Dave was saying, all of these things, being in the Word of God for yourself, listening to the Holy Spirit, having a relationship with God, going to a, a good local church, all of these things are needed for your your growth in the Lord. And I really like how Dave ended with God wouldn't have given these uh, to us as necessary if he, if he didn't know what was best for us. And I'm not going to speak for you guys, but I want everything that God has for me. And if he has a, a local church for me, and that's what his, his whole purpose of putting the local church together in the body of Christ, then by golly, I want it too. I want, I want it all. I want all that God has for me uh, so that I can grow in the, the, uh, in, in the grace of our Lord. So uh, we love you guys. Please, like Dave said, reach out for prayer or if you have questions. Yeah, I'm sorry we ran out of time. We didn't quite finish Chapter 6, but we will finish it next week in Chapter 7, which will be the end of this first section of this book. So we'll probably finish most of that uh, next week. So, But we ran out of time. Uh, let me just pray us out. Lord, we just thank you. We thank you for the church. We thank you for our pastors. We thank you for the body of Christ. Lord, we thank you for everything. Every good and perfect gift came from you. Lord, you created the home. You created the family of God. And we thank you for that. You did it for a reason. Lord, you said since we have this ministry, we have not lost our. Lord, you said, you said we, are the we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's we. And so, Lord, this child was born, this son was given to us, it's plural. And, Lord, I pray that you would give us a fresh revelation. Give us innovative wisdom how to fellowship as a body of Christ, even in the times that we are living in, amid COVID and everything else. We worship you. We magnify you. 
Lord, we pray for our country. We pray for our president. And we trust you. Lord, I, I thank you, Lord, that you're going to bring all the, the fraud and the, 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 all the uh, disgrace to light uh, as in our country. Uh, Lord, I thank you, Lord, that uh, justice will prevail regarding our election and different things and whatnot. We pray for our country. We pray for our president. We pray for America. We thank you for this country you've given us. In God we trust. Amen and amen. God bless you. Well, you guys have a good week. We'll see you Sunday. Live stream starts at 11.15 a.m. And uh, God bless you. Uh, we'll, we'll talk to you soon. All right. Blessings. Bye-bye.